Welcome to the weekly podcast of Capital Outlook from Wyoming PBS. Capital Outlook is a weekly show broadcast whenever the Wyoming legislature is in session from Cheyenne. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. Capital Outlook sits down with Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon and his wife, First Lady Jenny Gordon, for a holiday interview from their residence in Cheyenne. With Governor Gordon, we'll discuss his most recent statewide COVID public health orders, Wyoming's continued fiscal challenges, and the year ahead. First Lady Jenny Gordon will update us on her Wyoming Hunger Initiative. A holiday visit with the Gordons on Capital Outlook starts now. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. By a grant from AARP, serving the needs and providing real possibilities for the over 50 population in Wyoming. AARP Wyoming. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. And it's our privilege to be joined by Governor Mark Gordon on this special holiday version of Capital Outlook. Governor, a little bit later in the show, the First Lady will join us as well, and we're looking forward to that. Thank you for, so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you, Greg. It's always an honor. First question, Governor, is uh, I've heard an interview this week where you said that you're feeling, I think, pretty good um, as you've recovered from COVID. How are you, Governor? How are you doing? I think I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I um, uh, I think I was fairly fortunate and I was over Thanksgiving. We were home and I was able to to rest and 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 that seems to be one of the tickets. So I thank you very much. I seem to be doing pretty well. Governor, I want to talk about a couple of things, but I think the most brightest thing we can talk about as we start the interview today is the vaccine. Mm -hmm. um, just this week, of course, Wyomingites, just like across the country, Wyoming healthcare workers received um, the vaccine. And I think the question is, is becoming now that it's kind of in Wyoming and has been starting to be distributed, does the state have the resources to vaccinate everyone, quite frankly, here as this builds in the spring and summer? Well, the, yeah, the federal government for a while has been planning to get the equipment and supplies uh, out. We've heard about that for the last couple of months. Uh, as you mentioned, the Pfizer vaccine, the first shipment, first 5,000 doses, arrived uh, Monday and was distributed around the state. They actually get drop shipped to the places that had the freezers. The Pfizer molecule is so fragile that it has to be kept at an extraordinarily low uh, temperature. And, and so that, uh, those first uh, administrations of the vaccine were done um, yesterday and today. Uh, the Moderna vaccine is uh, anticipated to be approved later this week, and 
And when that happens, uh, Craig, that'll go to some of our more rural communities and counties which didn't have that extraordinarily low uh, freezer capacity and low temperature freezer. So uh, we, we're very hopeful that uh, we'll, we'll start to see this move uh, as, as we go forward. A couple more questions about the vaccine, Governor. <coughs> um, we've heard um, um, through national press that it's hopeful that everyone can have a vaccine maybe by June. Do you subscribe to that? Do you, do you, do you see that as being possible? Um, well, a lot of it depends on the supply chains. Uh, I asked that question to the vice president earlier this week. Uh, you know, what are the backstops uh, if there's a challenge? Uh, they have a call regularly with governors and, and I was assured that, uh, that we would be um, able to get most of those vaccines here during that period of time. So we're very hopeful. A lot of it depends on production and shipping, as you know. Uh, there are a couple of other vaccines that are in the pipeline, uh, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, we saw a hiccup recently with one of the other alternatives, and I wanted to make sure that wasn't going to affect our schedule, and I was assured it wasn't. The other thing that I think Wyomingites are wondering about is, okay, now that it's out there, when are we going to know that it's our turn? How will that communication process evolve? Well, we're putting together a very robust campaign. Uh, public information campaign, love to work with you on that too, Craig, to make sure that people know that uh, the, the vaccine's available, how they can get it, when they're in line. You know, these first doses go to frontline healthcare workers and senior centers, and we'll start working through this process on a regular basis. How will tribal sovereignty be respected in this process, and what are the plans to to um, um, provide vaccination opportunities for a part of Wyoming that was really, really hit hard by COVID. You, you bet. Well, we've worked very closely. Wyoming is unique in many ways in that uh, our tribal residents are also citizens as well as being part of their sovereign nations. Uh, but uh, there are direct contacts that uh, uh, the Department of Health has and also the federal government has with the tribal uh, health officers, and uh, so they will have their own direct shipments and they'll be able to take care of that. Governor, do you and the First Lady plan to get vaccinated? You know, it's an interesting question now that we've both uh, been ill uh, with, with COVID. Um, I, there is some immunity, residual immunity. I do plan when, when the time is right and others that need it more than I do uh, to, to get the vaccine, yes. There are some in Wyoming who have concerns about whether they should be vaccinated. What's your message to them today? Well, we've, we're aware that uh, this has been, and it's been talked about a lot on, on the national news. Uh, it was a very rapid development of these vaccines. They have been put through a test. I just participated in one of the advisory calls, not as a technical advisor, but just listening in to the conversation about uh, the, the protocols that have been gone through, the testing, uh, it has been robustly tested. Uh, there, is, there is a slight reaction that some people have had and those things will become clearer and clearer. Uh, but, but my message is I don't think there's anything to be uh, afraid of uh, with this vaccine. Uh, they will certainly give advice as it's necessary, uh, but Wyoming is not requiring anybody to take the vaccine. Uh, that, that's entirely a personal choice. I want to talk about COVID and COVID policy. Governor, as you're aware, some state lawmakers have advocated that 
um, changing the statutes to limit the power of county public health officers might be a good idea. Do you share that thought? You know, you have to think about the history of when those statutes were put in place. Uh, they, were, they were put in place when we had smallpox, when we had polio. Uh, they, were, they were designed to, to keep politics out of healthcare decisions. Um, I have uh, repeatedly over the course of this year talked about the accountability that uh, as elected leaders that we have, uh, but, but we really do rely on uh, the, the medical information that, that we expect our healthcare um, um, individuals, our officers to, to provide. Uh, so, so what I'd say um, to, to that, Craig, is that I think these uh, statutes came about because there were problems at the time. I think there's been a real concern uh, about whether perhaps we've overreached. I've certainly heard, heard that. Uh, we've tried to balance this as best we can. These are difficult times. So to answer the question directly, I don't think it's time to change them. Nobody wants to do what we're having to do to make sure that our population remains safe. Um, but we've thankfully been able to provide resources to help take up the slack for lost business. In recent days, government hospitalizations appear to have been mm -hmm. be decreasing in Wyoming, which is a great thing. Um, can you attribute that to anything as we speak today? Uh, well, I think we can say that some of the measures that were taken by counties initially that we followed in behind uh, with uh, have started to have an effect. Uh, this, this disease seems a little bit, and I'll just say it sort of seems a little bit tidal. You know, it kind of comes in a wave and then sort of declines. And if you look at our region, it's starting to subside a bit. Uh, everywhere in our region and now starting up again in the coastal regions where it originally had subsided. Um, I do think that the policies we've put in place have uh, had an effect and I think they are benefiting us. That was our concern. Uh, as you know, Craig, uh, CARES Act funding was gonna run out at the end of this month. This is the holiday season. My concern, and I've said it over and over again, what happens January 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th when there's no more federal funding, we haven't seen it from the, from the government yet, uh, and we have businesses that have to stay afloat. How do we make sure that we have the continuity through till spring that we just talked about as being a great opportunity for us to recover? Uh, so um, I, I do think that um, uh, the, the care that we're taking is making a difference. Uh, we're certainly monitoring it very carefully uh, just, just because we don't want to, none of us wants to do the things we're being compelled to do. I want to go a little bit deeper with your mask mandate, mm -hmm. Governor. You have advocated always from your campaign to now that government uh, decisions are best made locally. And in fact, a majority of Wyoming counties had made a decision to have mask mandates in their county, yet you still saw the need to make that a statewide mandate. In a sense, going above those counties that hadn't made that decision yet. Why was it important for you to do that? Well, Craig, I think the, um, we felt that there was a need to be uniform across the state. We still had some counties, one which didn't have a health officer uh, and, and other counties that were resistant, uh, but had extraordinary challenges. Uh, you, you know, 
uh, surge units that were filled almost immediately and not enough equipment to monitor. Uh, we had to deploy resources uh, from out of state to help with the medical uh, sort of exhaustion that the, the medical community was feeling in, in, in some of those communities. And, and we were really running into some capacity areas uh, that we had great concerns about. And so we really felt it was time to put that in, in place. Now, importantly, and this is uh, where we've really always been, importantly, there is the option for a local waiver. Uh, we wanted to tie that to the White House uh, criteria so that uh, people understood. When, one of the things people were worried about is, are you doing this arbitrarily? Or do you have some metric we can look to? And we said, no, there's the White House. Uh, the White House measurements, we're going to follow those. Uh, and so we wanted to put that uh, process in place uniformly across the state. Uh, I'm happy to say it seems to have uh, had a benefit. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can relax it, um, you know, as we get our numbers back down. It is exciting to me that we're finally able to start kind of having a chance to do contact tracing again. I want to turn the page to maybe some state politics. Um, Governor, you received the most recent Craig report in October, mm -hmm. and here we are in December. A new administration is likely going to um, be sworn in in Washington in January. Has your outlook on Wyoming's fiscal position now changed, Governor? I think I've always been a bit cautious about it, Craig. I, I still have maybe a little bit more uh, foreboding about exactly what this new administration, uh, their policies on Western lands, their policies on oil and gas, uh, fossil fuels generally uh, are going to be and what they might mean. That's why we did the study, frankly, uh, that we just released this last week, talking about the consequence of a federal leasing ban. Devastating um, to Wyoming, by the way. It, it, absolutely devastating to, to Wyoming and, and, and the West, mm -hmm. and, and probably a bit of shooting yourself in the foot for the nation. Uh, so. So our hope is that uh, we can engage with uh, whomever is going to be uh, here next and, and talk about the good things that were done under the Trump administration. There really were some great uh, movements on national forests, um, better access to um, being able to get development done on a timely schedule. Uh, we, we obviously in Wyoming care a lot about how we do that. And so our Department of Environmental Quality is first, as opposed to having the feds run it and, and things like that. So, so I am, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to convey a good case about uh, energy security. Uh, I do think Wyoming's gonna have to face the fact that uh, whether it be in investments, whether it be marketability, or whether it be government policy, uh, certainly our meal ticket has changed. Have you reached out to President-elect Biden or his any members of his transition team and started the process of articulating those issues, Governor? Uh, very briefly, uh, just on a very high level. I, I have to say they reached out uh, uh, first to, uh, to, to us uh, asking for uh, recommendations we might have for cabinet uh, and other posts that are political. Uh, and and we've uh, we I was, I was encouraged by that. Uh, we've we've offered some suggestions back, um, and and we've talked about the fact that Wyoming really has taken a leadership role 
uh, on the issue of climate. Uh, you know, that's been a, something that I've talked about really from the beginning. I think we can continue to have a vital uh, and robust um, energy sector that has oil and gas and coal in it. Uh, it, isn't, uh, it isn't something that's an either or. Uh, we can do that better. We can develop the technology that will reduce carbon dioxide across the globe. That's important. Uh, and we can also have renewables. But it's not just that as the solution. It is an all energy front. Relative to the state budget, you continue to advocate perhaps for the legislature to look at removing exemptions from sales tax. I believe you talked about it again this week in an interview. Mm -hmm. Is that idea gaining traction in your eyes? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not really sure. And, and quite frankly, Craig, I, think, I don't think anybody wants new taxes. Um, I, I think the, the point that I've tried to make really since I was a treasurer is a diverse uh, revenue platform, uh, one that has lots of streams coming into it. They can all be small, but, but, but that one gives a lot more resiliency. And the example I gave uh, was Texas, where uh, you, you know, back in the 1980s, about 80% of its economy was linked to oil and gas. Uh, and about 80% of our economy was linked to energy as well. Texas today is a really vital economy, um, and it's about 28% uh, related to, to energy. Uh, and if Wyoming can start to diversify, of course, this is one of the things Governor Mead and also Governor Friedenthal worked on was trying to figure out how to diversify the economy. Uh, we have to do that in a way that it's not just a burden uh, for, for our state and our resources. The challenge, and this is something that I think is just going to be a real, um, a real challenge for the legislature and for others, is to explain how much of that revenue is made up by energy, how much of it is now, um, you know, in a very complex architecture uh, with with you know this savings account and that bucket and this little uh, thing in the cushions and with this tips to that and drips to that and and you know overflows into this and it's so complicated that nobody really understands it i've really pushed this year to say let's just get it down to a couple of accounts a savings account and a spending account let's make sure it's transparent so people in wyoming understand just how challenging it is. And as we continue on with this special holiday version of Capital Outlook, it's our pleasure to be joined by the First Lady of the State of Wyoming, Jenny Gordon. Um, Mrs. Gordon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. We've been visiting with the governor about a lot of, lot of topics, um, but you too have had COVID. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm doing really well. I had a, a a really rough day one day, um, about five days in, but now I'm completely recovered and very grateful that my symptoms weren't worse. What did you think about when Governor Gordon first got his diagnosis? What went through your mind? Well, how far apart we could stay from each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say maybe not far enough, but go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, 20 years I've been working on that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so um, We but can just, laugh about that now, thank yes, goodness. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, no, just, you know, trying to be safe, trying to do all the things, but it's really difficult when you're in the same home. We're very fortunate to be um, up at the ranch, so we didn't expose anyone else. You have spent a lot of time with the Wyoming Hunger Initiative, and I think it can be easily argued that it's, that work is more important today than it was when we 
visited about, I don't know, a year and a half ago when you were just launching this off the ground. What have you learned about this state and its need since? And how has COVID impacted that? Sure. Well, it's definitely a, a silent problem. There's a lot of stigma associated with it and people, you know, they don't see it. And so they don't know it's there. But I think with COVID, it's really come to the surface now because people are, you know, losing their jobs. They're seeing these uh, mobile food pantries and these long food lines. So I think people are more aware of it and the need has increased greatly. How have you been able to bridge the providing or the, the assistance in providing services with COVID? How has that worked out for your for your team? Well, we've been very fortunate. Um, we're, we always have not wanted to reinvent the wheel and we wanted to work with the folks already on the ground. So we just made sure that we were able to get funding to those individual pantries and go to, we did go to a few of the food, um, mobile food pantries when, when we could, but not being essential workers, we haven't been able to since. But um, You've been able to provide over $100,000 of grants to different um, food entities that deal with food insecurity over Wyoming. But I've read that some of the grants you couldn't, you couldn't give money to that you wanted to. What work is left to be done here? And how can Wyoming still better respond to those who are really in need? Sure. Well, we were very fortunate to get that money out the door in two different cycles. The ones that we weren't able to fund, we actually, the, the CARES Act monies went to two entities in Wyoming and went to Wyoming Food Bank of the Rockies and also to Casper Housing Authority. So we worked with them. We sent the grants over that we couldn't fund that didn't fulfill our mission or we just didn't have enough funds. And they were able to fund those through the CARES Act money from the um, federal government and through the state. So, Do you see this problem as one that's getting worse in Wyoming as we speak? Yes, it is. Um, I actually was just on the phone with Wyoming Food Bank of the Rockies, Tony, uh, the director, Tony Woodell, and they have had a threefold increase um, since COVID hit in the need for food assistance in our state. I've heard nationally that the statistic is 40% of people who are going to food banks are people that have never been to a food bank before. Is that also true in Wyoming? It is, especially with, um, you know, we're very independent minded here. A lot of folks were working, um, you know, there's been some shutdown in the mineral industry as well as, um, you know, food services. So yeah, it has definitely impacted them. I think the mobile food pantries are really um, much more convenient for them. You drive up in your car, you don't have to get out, you give very little information. So I think that's helped kind of bridge some of that gap. So what's the plan now? You have goals that you've set for 2021 and beyond. The work is not finished? No, we have a lot to do. Um, what we really noticed is that Wyoming is a, is a great big um, state and that we've been working kind of independently. And so a lot of uh, our work has been just to really bring people together, to network them, to help provide services. You know, a, a small food pantry might have a volunteer who um, has a full-time job. So we're trying to work on finding centers of excellence where mm. we can help them with grant writing or maybe getting volunteers to help them. So we really want to um, make it a, a statewide effort. And it's such a large state, Mrs. Gordon, are there parts of the state that you haven't touched yet that you know need help and just haven't been able to get that to that level yet? Well, we've definitely gotten um, funds to all 23 counties and we've done that um, 
besides our infrastructure grants, we've given out COVID relief grants and we've given out over $200,000 in COVID relief grant. And we made sure that it went to every single county. So that part we feel good about. But as far as the um, working with the other counties, I haven't been up in the basin area and I really want to get up there and um, you know see what we can do to help those agencies. So I think there are some people that are watching right now and we are showing the, the website address that your team has worked on. What can people do to help? Well, you know, I encourage people to go to our website and to click on your county. And if you see an entity there, give them a call. See if they need help with volunteers. Maybe they need some food that, you know, you could go pick up some cans at the grocery store. You could also donate to them. Um, you can also donate to the Hunger Initiative. We'll be sure to that get that money to all 23 counties as well. Um, we are working on trying to get some um, tools on our website so people, if they have a great idea, they can uh, click on the website and say, here's something that we think we need uh, throughout our state or in our community, and we want to really be kind of a think tank to help folks. What's the biggest challenge that is in front of you to really get to the goal of making Wyoming not having food insecurity issue? Well, right now, COVID is, is really the big one. And I think once we get through this, really just trying to help a community solve their own problems, because I think that's what we do well. So we really want to work on our food from the farm and ranch program, where folks uh, maybe have an uh, animal, a cull cow that they want to donate and make it easier for them to be able to get it processed. They don't have to pay for that. We could pay that for that, um, as well as fruits and vegetables, which are really important and healthy for folks. I remember when I visited with you both a couple years ago, just after the election. Um, I think it was just a day or two after the election. Neither of you could have thought by any stretch of anyone's imagination that this year would have been as it was. Um, how are you both doing, um, really, um, relative to the work that each of you have, has, has done? Go ahead. <laughs> well, I would say, you know, Mark comes in the door every night with the phone on his ear. Um, but he's he's working hard. And I think that we just have really decided we're just going to be in it together, uh, support each other. Um, while Mark's working for the state and, and I'm working with the initiative, just be kind to each other because that's what we need right now. Governor? I think she put it quite well. It is. Um, <clears throat> I don't think any of us anticipated anything like this. Uh, and the challenges are extraordinary. Um, my, um, uh, you know, I never, I, I anticipated we'd have to make some changes and I really thought about a very slow and measured pace towards that. COVID has brought all of that crashing down uh, in, in ways that uh, were really challenging. And I'm so blessed to be married to somebody who, uh, when I come home particularly frustrated at times or having had a really tough, tough day, because um, these are not these are not fun times, uh, uh, you know, to, to have somebody that that can say, you know, we, we love this state. We want to make sure that it's better off for our time here. Uh, that 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 means a lot. Mrs. Gordon, I asked your husband if he was going to take the vaccine. Have you thought about that? Someone who has had COVID? but that's now on your horizon about what you might do? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, coming from the healthcare field, I think it's really important that we try to, you know, put an end to the pandemic. And of course we'd be in line behind whoever, you know, our first responders are, are elderly people and folks that have pre-existing conditions. 
Well, I think we all can say we hope for maybe a 2021 that is in many ways different from this past year. So I want to thank you both for joining us on this holiday version of Capital Outlook, and I want to wish you both and your families a Merry Christmas. Well, thank you, Craig, and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. And to the people of Wyoming. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. By a grant from AARP, serving the needs and providing real possibilities for the over 50 population in Wyoming. AARP Wyoming. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org.